0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 328, covering Dear Doctor and Sleeping Dog. Hello, friends. Here's a here's a thing. Here's a feather in your cap. We liked at least one of the episodes this
1: Yeah, week. we liked most of both of these episodes. Yeah,
0: well, I would say we liked like 80% of what was presented to us from Enterprise
1: yeah. this time. that's a that's high right. point for Enterprise. Good work.
0: So far, best week so far. Yeah. I mean, I doubt this is going to be the turning point and everything's going to get great, but
1: who knows? Uh, I'm going to hope it's the turning point because I have nothing more to hope for.
0: I mean, the thing is, Voyager, like, burned me too many times, and it's the same people running the show. Sure. And I said this already, but still. Like, yeah, I have that, I have that, uh, you know, abusive relationship thing with uh, Voyager, where it's like, well, th- maybe this time it'll be okay. This time it's it
1: gonna be fine. Yeah, and then it
0: wasn't. <sighs> but uh, the first one, unqualified success. Like, oh, God, yes. This is the best com- episode of
1: Enterprise so far.
0: Yeah, a couple of small nitpicks, but but otherwise uh, quite, quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Dear Doctor, and I'm going to tell you what happened. It goes a little something like this. Actually, it goes exactly like this. <clears throat> this episode is framed as one of those letters-to-home stories, complete with running voiceover from a supporting character. I was certain this was a Star Trek cliche, but I guess I was thinking of M.A.S.H. The only other Trek episode like this was Data's Day, and this episode has 100% less tap dancing. The fellow who's writing the letter, as you might well expect from the title, is Dr. Flox. And I'm still not tired of seeing him do his Dr. Flox thing, be it feed his weird collection of alien animals, or making fun of Trip for crying at movie night. <clears throat> Jeez, man, it's just for whom the bell tolls. There's no flute solo in that or anything, you big baby. So eventually we leave Dr. Flox and get on with this week's requisite deadly danger. Ugh. Except. The deadly danger actually creates some interesting ethical conundra for our crew in particular and Dr. Phlox, so maybe I should just shut my cynicism hole and just see where this is all going. In my defense, it hardly ever goes anywhere new or interesting, but this time it does, because we found a pre-warp culture dying of a horrible disease that Phlox may or may not be able to cure, which would typically raise a whole prime directive thing, except, whoa, there is no prime directive yet. Archer insists that Phlox help the poor dopes, and even contemplates giving them the highly-prized secret of warp travel. Phlox realizes there's a whole ethical issue because evolution appears to be nudging a different race toward the finish line, and interfering might be problematic, which is all pretty sensible. But then, here's the mind-blowing part, and I mean... Actually mind-blowing, not tired, old, boring plot development we've seen 7,000 times before, Archer actually takes the advice of both T'Pol and Phlox and doesn't interfere with this culture. It's a hard choice, and it's not the choice that he personally wants to make, but he concedes that it's probably the right choice. It was, quite honestly, some fundamentally Star Trek stuff in a whole bunch of different ways, and believe me, nobody was more surprised by this development than I was.
1: Yeah, this one is shockingly good.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of good Star Trek. Like, is this the right way?
1: Is this the right way? I don't know. What is the right thing to do? Not, nah, I would. It's kind of something I enjoy, and it's kind of something that bugs me. Like the whole trying to figure this stuff out. It work. It works. It works unless they call too much goddamn attention to it. What do you mean? Which they seem to like doing.
0: Like, as far as captains having to make hard choices.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: I don't know. I enjoy that like to me that's like that's how you test your your characters you say okay here's an unsolvable problem what do you do mm. and you know it's not quite the kobayashi maru but it's up there that's true and like there's there's no good answer for archer here you, okay give them warp drive and fuck well, it all
1: that's up. probably not the best idea
0: or or cure them and mess up evolution like flock was mm. saying would happen uh or just leave them to die Hmm. Yeah, this uh, is a lose, lose, lose scenario. I guess it's leave them to die. Yeah. Well, leave them to die, but give them some pain meds, is what they decided. Uh huh.
1: Here, this'll work for 10 years. You're good for yeah. 10 years. Okay, well, what Somehow do we do you then? You guys
0: haven't invented Advil yet, so here you go. So long. Okay, what do we do then? Goodbye. Uh, take two in the morning, lose some weight. That's what doctors always say. Yeah. Every fucking time. If you guys just lose some weight, everything will be fine.
1: Lose some weight and drink more water.
0: Yeah. But uh, no, I, I quite liked it, and I still really like Flux. He's by far and away still my favorite character. He's so good in
1: this episode. I mean, he's good always, but he's so yeah. fucking good in this episode.
0: I, I would say, in a way, like, I still like Bones better as a character, mm-hmm. but he's probably the best doctor, like, the best Star Trek doctor just straight up doing his job doctor. Yeah, I can see that. He's got the best bedside manner for sure. Oh, yeah. He's, like, everyone seems at ease, generally, like, genuinely at ease when he does his friendly little affable thing. Like, nobody's put off by him. Where, I guess they got that with Beverly a little bit, but Bones was always bitching, and Bashir was kind of arrogant, mm. and uh, the Doctor was always just, like, super arrogant. And, like, it, it's nice this guy's just like, oh, just relax, everything will be fine. Calm down.
1: Just, it's, it's, like,
0: maybe he's not as skilled, I can't really tell, because... That's not really important, but as as far as the job of making people feel better, while he makes them feel better, he mm-hmm. seems like the best one. You
1: know, I would like, I like to that. see. I would like to see more of. Apparently, he like. There's this whole scene where he's like eating dinner by himself, and it's like he's separate from the crew who aren't used to working like with aliens. Mm-hmm. That's something I'd like to see more of. See,
0: I, I've I've seen that, but he also tries to make a point of of like chatting like he's he's got a friendship going with hoshi Mm -hmm. we've seen him hang out with trip on occasion like he's he is trying
1: See that's the thing though i like i like the idea of of the crew i want to i basically i want to see the crew warm to him almost yeah that's fair it's like i've I've seen it it already some of it like you know hoshi and uh what's her name uh cutler yeah sort of like getting like getting closer to him
0: well, and this is your good thing, right? I didn't mention this as like a subplot, but uh, he's got kind of a love interest in this.
1: Yeah, him and uh, uh, Cutler, who you've told me, showed up before. I didn't yeah, recognize and her Yeah, Crewman Cutler was
0: in uh, the episode where they went to the planet with the stupid uh, uh, spores that made them angry at each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mentioned at the time I would like to see her again, and then she showed up and again, and I completely forgot about her. Yeah. No, I like her. Everyone on this show looks the same as each other.
0: Which is weird, because so far she's the only other woman we focused on who is not Asian or Vulcan. Like, yep. she's the only white woman we've seen on screen, and you still can't tell her from the other ones. Yep,
1: and yet here we are.
0: Oh, fair enough.
1: No, I just, they have, they have some great scenes together. Like, I like her, like, you know, flirting with him and him being confused by the Oblivious. whole thing. Yeah. And then there's a great scene on the planet where he he's like, I know you're into me. And she's like, yeah, I am. And he's like, OK, well, you're aware I have two wives and they have three husbands back on my home planet. Like, I'm a different species. You're not used to, to that. So hope that's cool. Yeah, there, there seemed in this episode. And I like I like this as a thread through all
0: of Enterprise, the first humans out in space, like aliens reminding them, look. We don't do things the same as you, mm-hmm. and you got to stop saying, ew, gross, and grow up a little and
1: realize some of us just do stuff differently, and yeah. it's okay. No, I would love, like, she says at the time that it's fine, but I would love to come back to this later. We may, I don't know.
0: like, like and, and don't write it and tell us, because I honestly like being surprised by little things like this.
1: Like having Flox's wives show up just to visit him or whatever, and it's like, hey, here's my new lady friend. Only
0: only if they don't get angry. Like I do not want that. If oh, the no, implication is that they're fine that. with polyamory on this planet, yeah. they need to commit to that. Yeah. But the, the obvious hack thing would be to have one of his wives show up and be jealous. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. Chase. I I could I'd be Chase okay with, with a ex- rolling po- pin. What's that? Chase Cutler with a rolling pin. Yeah. Well I but on the other hand I'd like to see Cutler like get hit with a no. With uh <laughs> To, to see her explore, like, am I okay with this?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's what interests me. Yeah,
0: from the human perspective. Okay, yeah, we should grow up a little and stop bitching about how aliens are different than us, but
1: it's not. On the other hand, I have a, a lifetime of thinking this is weird, so. Yeah.
0: No, but the thing is, this should be the, the story about how humans adapt and become accepting of other cultures. And mm-hmm. so far, we haven't seen that. Hopefully, starting out with them as racist assholes means the next step is is accepting. We'll see. That would be nice. <laughs> And actually, this takes me to my quote. Yes. Which is, um, uh, there, there's a bit where Phlox is telling her, look, our, our cultures aren't the same, and here's why.
1: I'm married. Or. Three times. So you have two ex wives? I have three current wives, and they each have two husbands. Not uh, counting myself. Is that considered normal for Denobians? Quite. Why are you telling me this? I've been getting certain signals from you that suggest you may be interested in a romantic relationship with me. Oh. Unless I misinterpreted those signals. You didn't. But I still don't know why you're telling me this. You need to know that my culture is different. That doesn't matter. It doesn't. This culture is different. That seems to matter to you a great deal. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, that, that whole subplot was great. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I like Cutler. She's, she seems like, I don't know a lot about her, but for someone who's not in the main credits, I know more about her than Travis or uh, Malcolm. Yep. Like, I, she's more well-defined at this point than two or three of the main characters so far. I
1: know she's got Phlox fever. Well, yeah. I mean, look at him. Who
0: wouldn't? Uh-huh. Dude's oh, got the-, the whole like he's got a whole Hugh Hefner vibe. He always mm-hmm. looks like he's ready for bed. He's yep. kind of an older guy who's who's really at ease with himself. Like, you know, I get it. What do you think of my jammies? <laughs> Why don't you come down to my grotto sometime?
1: <laughs> we had a working uh, theory that the people on his planet just wear just wear pajamas day to day.
0: Yeah, the whole planet is just swarming with guys wearing like nightcaps carrying those candles and cups. Yep bathrobes.
1: It's where Wee Willy Winky originally came from. Yeah. Exactly. They'll just run it upstairs and downstairs.
0: Well, there's that, or there's your other theory, which is everyone there dresses normal, and he's just like, yeah, yeah you know what? I'm the only alien on the ship. I can They'll believe anything I tell them. Yeah, he, this just, is he just
1: doesn't want to get dressed. No,
0: this is comfortable and these idiots don't know better, so uh, yeah, we all dress like this.
1: Right? Yeah, no. Shut up. These are the traditional doctor giant f- fuzzy bear slippers of my people. Yeah,
0: don't don't oppress my people. This is, <laughs> these are the clothes of my people. Okay. Mm. Now your bad thing also involved. Cutler, actually, not they hibernate, so that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he does actually talk about hibernating. Yeah, where you just, but it's like for a week. Yeah, it's not a like week. he's gonna disappear for months and months. And we
1: later. go to sleep for a week. That
0: man, I feel like that sometimes.
1: We were a very sleep obsessed culture, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, your
0: bad thing kind of had to do with Cutler too, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I. I feel like Keller should have been Hoshi. Like, he's forming these bonds with two separate women, and it just, like, it felt weird to keep cutting back and forth between them in the episode. Like, all I could think was it might have been better for the series just to have, like, have it be, like, a main character. See, I'm, first
0: of all, I'm glad it wasn't a main character, because I hate that they always feel the need to hook up main characters. Mm -hmm. But second of all, there's so few women, I'm glad there's another woman involved.
1: I mean, that's definitely true. I'll take... And it's good to show
0: that he has relationships with two different women that Mm -hmm. are different relationships. You know, like I don't know. I liked I liked what they did. I can see what you're saying. I just but I think that was more the way the writers handled it than anything.
1: Mm. Oh, that's definitely true. No, it just having two like having him connect with these two different women just felt like it was confusing the plot.
0: Well, that's because the show's not very good at focusing on more than one thing at a time.
1: That is definitely true.
0: On a better show you could have a more rich ensemble and you could have lots of complex relationships and and it wouldn't be and you're you're right because you're basically waiting for character A to get to point B and if there's another element involved you're like well that doesn't fit because everything in the show is just simple and obvious yeah but it shouldn't be you know what i'm saying like mm. they should be better than that they're they're not but they should be <laughs>
1: Now, on the other hand, I love those scenes on the planet when they're taking they're stealing blood from the primitive people.
0: (laughs) That's what they're doing. Stealing blood. Yeah. Now, there's some there's some great like he brings Cutler down because she's a xenobiologist, Mm -hmm. which makes sense in a practical sense. But also it's almost like a date. Like, come on, let's let's go have a working date. Like, let's go do some work together and get mm-hmm. to know each other while we're chit-chatting in the in the lab. And there's a lot of great stuff with Hoshi. We're like, oh, I, I know what's going on here. I'm going to go over here and yeah. study language, wink, wink.
1: <laughs> H- Hoshi kind of turns into his, uh, um, well, how He's do I deal man. with dating women?
0: <laughs> yeah, his wingman. Yeah. Yeah, which I like. It it had a vibe of like data learning how to date, but it was different enough that it didn't feel like they were ripping that off.
1: Well, it's like Flox has had experience with dating. He just hasn't dated yeah. humans.
0: No, it's it's more specific to learning like what how this culture works rather than just the concept yeah. of dating in general.
1: It's not like he has to be taught what love is. Right.
0: Well, he wants her to show him. <laughs> No, I, I, I liked it. And actually, my good thing wasn't just Phlox. It was th- bigger than that. I, my good thing... Okay, this is the first legitimately good episode of the show, not yep. just because it focused on Phlox, but because, it, <laughs> like I said in my summary, I got into some seriously Star Trek stuff and handled it in a way that worked. I particularly liked Archer being forced to make a decision he hated. We, just, mm-hmm. we talked about this a minute ago. Which, the best part of that to me was making him reconsider his dumb attitude toward the Vulcans.
1: Yeah, his Where- whole deal is like, the Vulcans kept my, kept my dad from... Like, yeah, kept my dad. That's my
0: personal investment, but also kept humanity.
1: Yeah, they they fo- they forced him to have to do this on his own. Like they knew the secret, they wouldn't tell him. Right, and, and it's now like, he's
0: like, these guys are asking me directly for warp drive, and I can't give it to him. <laughs> oh shit, I'm just like them, aren't I?
1: It's like, oh, oh, I get it. So like, we shouldn't just be given everything. Yeah, and no, I know, man. You got to earn it.
0: Mind. I would love if this changed him going forward. I would love like. If this was the moment where maybe he doesn't completely do a one eighty, but he's like, okay,
1: it would be a good start to that to that yeah. sort of char- that character development.
0: I know it won't, but I hope beyond all rational expectation that it does. I just mm. I want his deal to not always be I resent these guys, one of which serves on my ship. That is getting old. That was old in episode two.
1: I mean, like, I if the evolution of this show is about like this asshole like becoming like a like a good Starfleet captain who like. You know, he's the I,
0: first Starfleet captain, so maybe yeah. he fucks up early on and learns and becomes a good one for to mo- a good model for later. But that's I'm the not thing, is like
1: making him like this show should be about the, him becoming the template for what a starship what a Starfleet captain is.
0: I think it I is a, I think it is a super risk to start your show with a completely unlikable protagonist and make him likable. That mm. that implies that you know you have years and years to make him that way, and in this case they didn't.
1: No. They didn't have nearly as much time as the other shows did. Yeah, no, coming Well, we're a Star Trek show. We get seven years, right? N- well... Uh, not
0: anymore. Eventually, someone's going to be in charge of this network who's going to say, why are we spending money
1: on this? Yeah. Canceled. No one wants to, wants to watch old Star Trek. Yeah, well... By which, which I mean new Star Trek, Star Trek that's in the past. Right. <laughs> I...
0: I don't know. Like, I... I it's another one of those things like we were just talking about. On a better written show, mm-hmm. it would be a cool risk to make him a jerk at first and then make him nice. But that's not going to happen. No, they're not. They're not good enough to pull that off.
1: I mean, they're going to need some like hella fucking good writers to like. Yeah, and pull they that don't shit have off. that. They, no. have, they get they get some
0: decent ones later. I know they do. Mm-hmm. But right now they have Braga and some guys Braga found.
1: Well, these two guys who wrote this one were pretty great.
0: Yeah, no, I'm seeing names that aren't Braga and Berman, and I liked both of these episodes, and there's that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. It can't be. I've come around on a lot about Brandon Braga as a person, but as a writer, I'm still not a big fan of yeah, his tricks. And, and the thing is, like, for, like, ten episodes in a row, I saw Braga and Berman, Braga and Berman, and I was not enjoying it. And now yeah. they're not on it, and I'm liking it more? Like, that can't be, like, that can't be a coincidence.
1: Well, I mean, like, it's not, it's no secret that we don't care for them.
0: Well, especially Rick Berman. I don't like uh, Rick Berman as a person or as a writer. Yeah. Uh, Braga, I have come to respect as a person. He's got a lot of good impulses, a lot of good instincts, good ideas. They're sure. just not always implemented well.
1: Yeah, and, and sometimes of, they don't have a pl- Like, sometimes those better ideas don't have a place on yeah. what Rick Berman thinks Star Trek should yeah, be. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, half the time they're undercut by Rick Berman. No. Which sucks. But, uh, yeah, no, I I like seeing other dan- and And just... In in terms of variety, I like seeing other names. I don't want to see one person, you know, unless they're an amazing writer, which Star Trek, you know, even in Ron Moore, I don't say had a perfect writer.
1: No, I wouldn't like, I like Ron Moore a lot, but I don't know that like, like exclusively having him write no, the show is a good idea.
0: When DS9 was firing on all cylinders, it was more an was Stephen Bear and uh, uh, Wolf, because Wolf and Bear, we made jokes about it yeah, a lot. Yeah,
1: Wolf and Bear.
0: And uh, there were a few other names I can't recall, but there there was a whole team and they were all sort of on the same page. Yeah. And here, if there's only one or two good staff writers, that's not the best. Get
1: thing. those guys. What are they we'll doing? We'll
0: see. I. Uh, but again, I really like this one. Mm-hmm. Um. That said, my bad thing. Yes. Uh, Matt called this. Actually, it was only a few weeks ago in PA time. Mm-hmm. Uh, near the end of Voyager. He's like, uh, so, you know, there's going to be an episode of Enterprise where they're like, someday we need to have a directive that's above all the others, a prime directive. And I want to say,
1: not just that they would say we need some sort of thing. Like, in the show, they were, gonna say, they were going to they were going to call it a directive.
0: And he did. Just spell like, it right the fuck has, out.
1: Yeah. just uh, If on. you could have been in my apartment when that fucking happened... Oh, like I know. Mal was I just in the kid. I could hear
0: you from a hundred miles away. I know.
1: Just I fucking knew it.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I know, honey. I know.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I was mad.
0: It's not great. It's it's not good writing to look right at the camera and say the thing that we're all supposed to notice.
1: That's the thing that drives me nuts. Like uh, with 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 Enterprise is like. The just the obvious calls to like stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, the insults to our intelligence. It's so badly done, and they love doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. They love just winking, like
1: eh? ah, yeah, you get it.
0: Just wait till the first time Flux says I'm a doctor, not a whatever, because th- mm-hmm. that's coming. You know that's coming.
1: Oh yeah. Ugh. Ugh. No, Can't like
0: change the laws of physics, Captain. Oh, that's good. I should write that down.
1: Mm-hmm. I should write that down and send it to a Scottish person I know. <laughs> Keep him away from my dog. <laughs> no, it just like it, I forget if it's this episode. I think it's this episode. Like they they name drop the Ferengi, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like that's a yeah. good call forward because they don't make a big fucking deal out of it. It's just an alien race they've no, encountered when you, that when we have.
0: Rattle yet. off your your requisite list of three things you've seen. One of uh-huh. them we recognize because we'll they'll show
1: up later. That's okay. Yeah. I like that's fine, but like stuff like this where it's like it, it it feels so. Oh, you guys are on some kind of Star Trek thing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It was okay when Q did it.
1: It's well, yeah. Because no, you I've can always have said a that little that bit of meta is, awareness. That's Q all right, fucking but, knows.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Zephram Cochrane should not. No. Yeah. Uh, movie night came back.
1: Oh, I love movie. I love the concept of movie night in this movie
0: show. Movie night is my favorite night. I really think it's my favorite
1: night. <laughs> Not even trying anymore.
0: <laughs> it's um, what I don't like though is Flock uh, says, "Yeah, our, my people evolved beyond movies. We realized that real life was better than entertainment."
1: Like, I was so shop, mad at that fucking, fucking at that fucking line. It's like, oh, so you just don't have fiction? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Fuck you. Yeah,
0: I don't love it, but I do love him going to movie night and kind of half-ass paying attention to the movie, but more paying attention to every how everyone reacts to the movie. Mm. Like that's that's a really interesting thing to do he's just fascinated by hu- he's fascinated by all like life really yeah but because he's on a ship full of humans we mostly see that but we've seen him go to other ships and check them out we've mm-hmm. seen his weird little menagerie which I love
1: yeah we he's get a just... great shot of that in the more uh at the beginning of the episode
0: yeah so good good uh good stuff from the visual effects guys like actually showing like not just like bever occasionally would have like something moving in a jar mmm and, you know, late 80s, early 90s technology wouldn't really, like, allow them to show anything decent looking. But now, with a little CG, with a little puppetry, they actually have some, like, decent looking little animals, and I like that.
1: I love that shot of the uh, the tentacle in the sand pulling some food under. Yep. No, it's was great. He's got a
0: whole weird little collection. And we saw in the pilot, like, sometimes he gets medicines from them, sometimes he tests on them. Yeah. Like, it's, they're, they're different, you know. Sometimes I think he just keeps them as pets.
1: Yeah. It's pretty cool, no there's a the, the, there's also a shot of like him feeding something or other, and then he takes when he like he takes some of the food and eats it to himself, yep, and that's just like it's such a great little moment for him
0: yeah no he's he's
1: great i really, yeah
0: I still really enjoy him uh what else oh i I called out this horrible line, uh cutler says, you may know about our cardiopulmonary system, but you have a lot to learn about the human heart that
1: that's rough cutler.
0: Yeah, that's not quite as bad as we need some kind of directive, but it's a close fucking <laughs>
1: You should feel bad about that one. Yeah, she should. Uh, what else? Porthos is permanently banned from eating cheese. Oh, yeah. Which is not well, to was say actually that he my, will not eat cheese again.
0: My, my alternate title, actually, was For the Dog is Sick because I have given him cheese.
1: <laughs> which I liked. Um... Porthos' ongoing battle with cheese has been a real It's it been a really enjoyable runner for this show for it's, me. It's the
0: most like the most attention the show has paid to serialization and running plot has been. Like all the other characters hit the reset button every week, but the yep. Porthos cheese plot is still going strong.
1: Is that what they call it on Memory Alpha? The Porthos yeah, this cheese. This is the plot. Porthos
0: cheese arc. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a great bit where uh Tapal comes down to uh to flocks for some uh, medical uh... what did she need? I can't remember now. I didn't write it in my notes and I don't remember. But... Oh,
1: um, she's got like a toothache or something.
0: Right, that's it. That's it. And she's like, "But I had like space fluoride. What's the problem?" And he's like, "Well, it didn't work. You got a, you got a cavity. Let me take care of that." And she gives him this evil glare and he's just being Mr. Delightful like he always mm-hmm. is. And my note is this is Tuvok Neelix done right. Yeah. Cuz he is being a little playful and and like, trying to get under her skin just a little bit, but not so much that it's like, ugh, I would hate being around this guy. It was more like Bones and Spock. Yeah, exactly. It's more like, well, I can help you right now, if you must. Well, well I, I could do it later if you want, but now would be good. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know, I enjoyed it.
1: What else? Um, I thought the alien race makeup uh, looked like the, the makeup that Michael Jackson wore in the Thriller video.
0: Yeah, they give him real sunken eyes, but not like realistic looking sunken eyes, sort of like makeupy su- sunken eyes.
1: Yeah, it's like the 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 zombie makeup. Yeah,
0: yeah not the wolf makeup, but the zombie.
1: But it it it, it doesn't look bad, but like all I can no, think is that thriller. they're going to start
0: that is a different album.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to start dancing basically.
0: Yeah. do <laughs> I, the the <laughs> makeup wasn't great, and then the makeup of the, like, the Anderthals on their planet wasn't super great either, and the, the set design, like, a lot of the visual stuff down on the planet was not the
1: best. No, the the village definitely looked like Fairhaven.
0: That was full-on planet hell, which we haven't seen in a while. No. But that was definitely, we have one tiny corner with some potted plants, and here you go.
1: I can definitely see why. This episode has a lot of extras running around in it, between the uh, the lab scenes and the planet scenes. And I can I think definitely they s- wanted to
0: emphasize just how dire it was that everyone was dying. If you say everyone is dying and you see five people, it doesn't really track. Yeah. But if you see a lot of people dying, it makes makes it more you know more Wait, meaningful.
1: Which I get, but it means that like if you have a lot of extras running around, you, yeah, have, you have to, to have cheap the al-
0: yeah. You have to cheapen the alien makeup. Yeah, like you can you can't have fifty Klingons. You just no. can't afford that. I get that.
1: I mean, at this point, you probably can't have fifty Klingons just because we have that oh, that many ridges lying around. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's
0: probably true. We've made a lot of ridges over the years. Yeah, that's true. Plus, ruffles have ridges, so you can use those too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just but- staple some potato chips to
1: this Klingon's head.
0: But no, I I liked uh, I liked story-wise, I liked it all. But like, the village looked pretty bad. The uh, there's an establishing shot on the planet that just looks like a human city. It just yep. looks like something on Earth right now, today. Yep. Like you're looking at the nicer part of Chicago or something.
1: Are you even trying? I, it just it feel, the script is there, and for once the acting feels up to snuff. It's just the uh, the budget wasn't for the, there for this episode.
0: It feels like the, they wanted this to be a bottle episode, and suddenly they had to go places. Yeah, like oh, uh, well, we only have six dollars. Let's see what we. Yeah, can Yeah, we do. used all the money on the pilot. Like, let's uh, let's BBC this up a bit. <laughs> but uh, overall, still best episode I've seen so far. By
1: definitely, absolutely.
0: And I think, uh, I think that, honestly, I actually looked at Memory Alpha in this one, and one of the best things I read was uh, the dude who plays Travis said, this is one of his favorite episodes. I really like that, because mm-hmm. he's barely in it. It's usually the actors are like, yeah, the best one was the one that focused on my character. Yeah. He's like, no, I just thought this was a really good episode. I had almost nothing to do with it. I just thought it was a good show.
1: Yeah. No, he's, he's you, right. Man. This is definitely the best one so far.
0: Nice to see an actor kind of put his ego aside and just recognize the good, you know, mm-hmm. the good one. So that's good. Um, Let's see. We did my alternate title, but what do you got?
1: Uh, Hang on. Oh, yeah. First do no harm to the evolutionary course of a pre-war planet. A bit of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorite kinds of titles.
0: Fair enough. Like Inter-Armin-Legis-Whatever.
1: For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched This Guy. Right.
0: All right. So, moving forward to Sleeping Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which,
1: unfortunately, was not a a, a, a Hong Kong set uh, Grand Theft Auto knockoff. But,
0: uh, N- nor was it about Porthos, which super disappointed me. <laughs> yeah, your sorry your doctor that. was about the doctor, so I assumed Sleeping Dogs would be about the dog. Yeah. <laughs> not the case.
1: <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a one shot
0: of Porthos sleeping in a bed for 40 minutes. That would be fine. I would like that better than several of the episodes I've seen so far. Got the cheese farts. Alright, tell us about sleeping dogs
1: Alright, so Enterprise stumbles upon a ship Sunk deep within a gas giant And just has to go investigate This time they take along Malcolm, T'Pol, and Hoshi Who's trying very hard to be a good crew person And not shriek every time a corpse shows up Which we all appreciate Especially since this is a Klingon ship full of dead uh, corpses Once aboard, the away team discovers That this is a Klingon ship full of dead corpses And it's about an hour mm, Minus commercials Away from being torn apart DePaul mentions that the Klingons don't like to be saved. Archer and Malcolm and Hoshi all say that they're going to save them anyway. And I have the strangest flashbacks to the first episode of this godforsaken show. The away team finds a living Klingon who steals our guy's shuttle and is then picked up by Enterprise and the Canadarm almost instantly. <laughs> Thanks, Canadarm! Then the Klingons go into Klingon mode, or excuse me, the Klingon goes into Klingon mode, specifically yelling and threatening for about ten minutes until Archer uses Starfleet ideals to make a deal with her. Also, we learn that everyone died because they poisoned themselves on some sort of alien booze. Truly the death of a warrior. So the away team reboots the ship and escapes. No Klingons are grateful. What a surprise. In fairness, they didn't die. No, a lot of them passed out. Some of them died.
0: You were were mistaken about that, which I I can understand because they were just lying there the whole episode.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I love the amount of pushing corpses out of a, out of the way that the crew had to do on this one. No, they're not corpses. They're just sleeping. That's the, it's right in the title, sleeping. <laughs> this guy was sleeping until Malcolm shoved him out of the way, and he landed wrong on a on a shelf. Well, that's true.
0: He boomed when he put forty thousand volts through. <laughs> no, the whole thing is like. The, the whole point of them cooking up a cure for them is like, look, do you guys really want to go out crashing into a gas giant because you drank some bad booze? Or do you <laughs> want to go die a warrior's death?
1: This is not a warrior's death. It's a no. type of warrior's death. Yeah. yeah the, the warrior who got who'd got drunk and passed out while driving. Yeah, good.
0: I Actually, this is another, like, two in a row now where Archer learns a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, in the last episode, he was kind of learning, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be fucking with other cultures. And in this one, he's like, you know what? Talking to Klingons like they're humans, not working. Maybe no. we should learn what Klingons are and talk to them on their own terms. And that's how he sells it to them. Yeah. He's like, look, you guys want a warrior's death, right? You're, you're about to go out like bitches, and you don't want
1: that. <laughs> that's two we owe you, tree, you dick. Yeah. You're I making a powerful that. enemy of the Klingon Empire by helping us all the fucking time.
0: <laughs> by by making us owe you favors. Mm. Oh, I fucking hate here. this guy. Here, here is a ticket for a back rub.
1: Done. <laughs> the Klingons hated Kirk because he was constantly foiling them, and he was a worthy foe in battle. The Klingons uh-huh. hate Archer because he won't stop fucking helping.
0: Yeah, they don't want hey, your help. I mean, this is your bad thing. Sorry. So they don't want their help. This no. is your bad thing.
1: Like we're talking, of, like we're talking about the Klingons, and we're rescuing them. Like this didn't just happen six months ago. Pay attention.
0: Also, you still got T'Pol telling you not to do it.
1: Yeah, she said like, like again. They're, they're like just standing around. How do we help these Klingons? And DePaul like fucking always is like they don't want your help. Yeah.
0: They stop it. Stop trying to help them. They're going to die. Their that's what
1: the, that's part of their religion. Fucking knock it off.
0: But I on the other hand, I will say in this particular case once they found out what the actual deal was, they were correct to interfere. Mhm. Because these guys wouldn't get a warrior's death, and they would be shamed by no. <laughs> drinking themselves and then crashing into a gas. Again, tank.
1: it is it is not a warrior's death; it is a stupid person's death.
0: Right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I guarantee Trip has seen hundreds of people die by uh, drinking themselves stupid and then crashing into a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Just another day in Florida. Yeah, but out in space, it's not great. The Klingons don't really want that. Mm. So but no, I, I quite liked what Archer went through in this and also mm. Hoshi, which was your
1: good thing. Oh God, she's so great in this episode. I love her just trying to step up and get into the whole space adventure thing. She's really delightful in this. I like I've liked Hoshi since the first episode. Um, so I'm glad that that continues to be justified. She's just she's just great.
0: She, she seems to be making friends with just about everyone.
1: Yeah, she's everybody's friend on the ship.
0: Which I like, mm-hmm. but also, yeah, seeing her grow, and this is sort of a direct continuation from that episode where she was terrified to go over to on the wave mission, like, oh, I gotta go on a wave Oh, God. And I liked that at the time. I could
1: stay on the ship and just listen.
0: Run the phone, that's what I do. Yeah.
1: Whereas I love her now being, uh, uh, like, she's not actually on the mission at first, right? Like, she volunteers.
0: Yeah, she goes she seeks out the captain and says, Look, you need a translator. I'm the only one who speaks Klingon. That's why you brought me here in the first place. And more importantly, I know like
1: I want to step up. Like yeah. I'm tired of I'm tired of hiding and like Yeah.
0: And that's great. I really like that as an evolution of mm-hmm. her. And I'm glad it happened now instead of waiting like four years for her to yeah. like grow a backbone.
1: No, this is the kind of thing you need to like it it's a good start for the character, but you need to get it out of the way and Certainly also, keeper. The
0: episode opens with her learning how the phaser works, and they yeah. actually talked about that in the pilot, where they're like, uh, "We have no time to qualify you on this weapon. Hopefully, you can figure it out, but we we will slow down and teach you at some point." And they actually were doing that, which is mm-hmm. nice, nice little uh, nod to continuity there.
1: Get out the old Star Wars flying probe thing, shoot mm-hmm. at it. Yeah, no, it was it was good. And I had... saw this on a Star Wars once. <laughs>
0: oh God, there's a bit where um, uh, Malcolm. Does an impression of trip. Which did not help <laughs> my Malcolm Trip <laughs> confusion at all. Where he You know what
1: you know what trip sounds you like a Yeah, It
0: was really fun. In in general, I do like just about on any show where one character Mimics how another character sounds. That's just always funny to me.
1: And if that one character has an accent and is making fun of someone else with an accent, oh, so yeah. much the better.
0: I'm a friend of Zender's here. That <laughs> <Yep. laughs> was quite funny. That's the best one. I liked. I liked the three of them together. I thought it was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like when you find interesting pairings or, or uh, trios of characters to, you know. To put together and say, okay, what would this dynamic be like? And I I like they all solved the problems in their own unique ways. Hoshi used her like knowledge of the the Klingon language and T'Pol used her knowledge of the Klingon culture and uh, Malcolm did weapony stuff. Like it was if you sent three, it was like playing Maniac Mansion. If you sent three different people over, they would have solved it, but a completely different way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I like that. That was neat. Oh, she's got to get uh, Green Tentacles mixtape sent to the uh, record producer.
0: <laughs> and Trip's got to—I don't know—fix f- the. Yeah, he's got to uh, fix the radio. Yeah, that's it. Well, I was thinking he'd be Bernard, but also uh, I can't just—I can't imagine him being able to fix a radio. <clears throat> it's just not Florida enough.
1: <laughs> this ain't no boat. <laughs> no, uh, no, Trip. It's not a boat. It's a radio.
0: I know, but the Enterprise is like a big boat. It's just like a big a boat in space. I can I can deal with that. But a radio? I love the idea of Trip
1: having to think of things in boat, yeah, in boat, boat terms the, before he can Tell it them. to me in boats. <laughs> so it's what you're like, saying is it's just a big boat. No, right, it's, a bo- it's a board cube. Right. It's a big square boat. Yeah. I
0: got it. Okay. I can do this. And then he does. Yeah. That's all it takes. And,
1: I don't understand how this guy keeps fixing shit just by thinking about it as boats
0: <laughs> it's just it's a simple engineer's trick
1: I don't know much about boats, but I think starships are a little more complicated not nope. not so you'd notice basic same principle <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, good old trip <laughs> um a good thing there's there's a bit where um. Oh, she like, like you said, she's trying to step up, but she's still like, as, as we get into like act four where things are getting real heavy, she's, she's she's starting to falter a little. She's Mm -hmm. starting to like, "Mm -hmm, I don't know. And, and to Paul's like, uh, she asks to Paul, like, what, how do you guys keep it together? And she's like, well, you know, we do have emotions, but we meditate. Like we Mm -hmm. have whole like techniques to, to keep the shit under wraps. And she's like, really? She's like, yeah, here, let me show you. And she takes her hand and she shows her just a quick little like Vulcan meditation and Hoshi's like, yeah, this is better. And, like, in character terms, I like it, because Hoshi seems the most likely to reach out to another culture and, and learn their stuff mm-hmm. because she's a linguist and that's what they do. But in term, in the broader terms of what we were just saying before about this show being about humans learning how to work with other species, like, for the first time, a human is taking advice from a Vulcan and just saying, yeah, good idea. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a thing you guys have that is of value to me. I, I appreciate this.
1: Yeah. I like that. It and also, it, nice it doesn't, yeah. It, it it also, it doesn't humanize T'Pol, but it makes her more, like, likable. Yeah. Which I need I, a lot of,
0: like. The thing is, I like T'Pol. I genuinely do. Because she is the voice of reason. she's mm-hmm. She is the one saying the thing you need. She's, like, she's never trying to rain on anyone's parade. She's just trying to say, this might be a bad idea for this reason. She's not trying to say, don't do it. She's just making sure everyone has all the
1: uh, information. And it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. What I like is, like, I don't like the asshole Vulcan thing, but if that's yeah. the direction we're going, and apparently it is... I, I,
0: I don't think she's that much of an asshole, is the thing.
1: No, no, my point, like, my thing, I would like to see her as the as the person who is working with humans every day. I would love to see her as the one who sort of comes out of this as like, no, this is why they're worth having around. See, I
0: kind of see that in her already, like, just a little. But the way she interacts with these guys... I don't get a lot of contempt from her. I get Mm. a lot of like, this is the job I've been given and I will do the job that I have. And like Mm. there's certain crew people she seems to already respect and give a little leeway to. It's mostly Archer with his constant bullshit where she just kind of shuts him down, you know? Well,
1: and again, that's because Archer keeps being being written like an asshole.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, But no, I I really like Hoshi learning how to meditate and I hope this is is a thing she keeps. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, my bad thing. Yes, this goes nowhere, and I do like this part of it. Malcolm at the beginning coughs, and I'm sure I didn't see your notes, but I'm sure the same as mine. Oh boy, here we go. He's dying. Yeah,
1: because you know what happens when a character coughs on a TV show? Well, it means they're dying. In fairness,
0: in fairness, you have to deal in super broad strokes and and shorthand, and like you can't spend an hour setting up that someone's sick. It's it, yeah. the audience knows usually. That's okay.
1: No, but I'm basically just waiting for Flocks to tell Malcolm that he has, uh, he has cancer so Malcolm can start making meth. Right, exactly.
0: Which Trip already is. He'd just go borrow his meth lab. <laughs> Take that Florida man.
1: Science, bitch!
0: <laughs> um, but he's... Um,
1: uh,
0: it never goes anywhere. He just has a cold. And I kind of like that. Uh, except, the dude who plays Malcolm uh, mm-hmm. is maybe the worst uh, actor in terms of showing me that he has a cold, like, like I've seen plenty of actors play. I'm sick, and uh, <clears> this guy does not do it well. No, I, he I've does all not. i stuffed up. I have a cold. Ugh. I, I am, I am a sick man. And, uh, also, I British. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm very, I'm very ill.
0: I'm quite ill, you know. I'm quite under the weather.
1: V- weather.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, not not the best. Not, no. Uh, what else? Let's see here. Hmm. This has been the silence hour. <laughs> horror.
1: Just looking at notes.
0: Yeah, me too. Now I, like, the thing is, okay, let's talk about the Klingons a bit. Okay. First of all, the the only conscious Klingon we have in here is a lady, and I am still not clear on if women in Klingon culture are afforded the same rights as men or what. She seemed to be.
1: It's not like—they it's. They keep going back and forth on it, and it's really irritating—
0: yeah, I'm like, just not clear on what it is. And either way, I I could accept and would be all right, mm, but I just don't... Just
1: tell me what it... Like, Next Gen made a big point about how there's no women allowed on the council, but... Yeah, the whole the whole Duras arc, like,
0: was about how the sisters couldn't become, like, Chancellor or whatever, mm-hmm. so they had to use a pawn. Like, that yeah. was part of the thing.
1: But, like, they can apparently do literally anything else they want to do. Yeah. Except when they can't. Like, it's really confusing.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean... I liked the look of the Klingon chick in this episode. I did not think she was the best actor.
1: Yeah, no, she was fine. Yeah. She did a lot of this. Yeah. Which I don't love. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's uh, your most traditional Klingon acting, I suppose. That's
0: your Gowron school of
1: acting, yes. Yep. <laughs> How Boy, can I make my eyes bigger?
0: Yeah, but I don't know. To me, Martok is the quintessential, like...
1: Oh, well, he was the perfect Klingon.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Worf. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Still hate Worf, huh?
1: Yep, he sure is. The perfect Klingon. Okay. But, nope, there are no Klingons in Star Trek who are quite as good as Martok. You <sighs> know, Worf's just at the door, listening and frowning. Oh. And by the door, I mean my door.
0: Walking away like... Uh, oh, man. To the sad Charlie Brown music like in <laughs> Arista <Arrested laughs> Development. <laughs> No, the thing is, like, okay, I'm sick of Klingons. I've said this before. and so, I'm, I'm particularly sick of writers who don't really understand how they work writing the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just the bad guys who are mean. That is it. That is the only yeah. thing about them. Ugh, really? No,
1: guys, you spent, there's been four TV shows building up Klingons and making them more than just bad guys who are mean.
0: No, we had this in Voyager too. They just don't really get it. Mm-hmm. I... I On the other hand, I like the look of the old Klingon ship. I really like the interior of it. mm I,
1: You know. It's got a real nasty kitchen.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's got old dead gach in it.
1: <laughs> and old alive targs. Oh, yeah. I like that. Those targs look fucking great, by the way. Yeah,
0: apparently they just roast beast, which is mm-hmm. cool.
1: I enjoyed that. Yep. Now, they open a closet, and there's like four of them, and they're acting real pissed off, which yeah. is understandable, because they're in a closet.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, they're going to be slaughtered to be eaten anyway, but uh, they, <laughs> they haven't been yet.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Rough time uh, with Targs, I guess. Yeah, a little, little rough.
0: Um, But we, we got more of that human judgy, oh, they eat worms. Ew. Dude, yeah. some people on Earth eat worms. It's okay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Knock
1: it off. Yeah. There's a whole book called How to Eat Fried Worms. I assume it's a cookbook or something. I have no idea. You haven't heard of that? No, it's a kids' book.
0: Ah, the only the only cookbook I've read is "To Serve Man." It's pretty
1: good. That's mm. what I hear. Yeah,
0: uh, how to cook for forty humans. <laughs> Wait, there's more space dust on this book.
1: <laughs> uh that's actually all the notes yeah, I don't have. know a what whole lot about this. I like the I like the idea of the ship that crashes into the gas giant. Yeah, because there's no
0: surface. It just it keeps falling until it gets crushed by the pressure.
1: Yeah. Just the That's concept cool. alone is a very cool sort of sci-fi idea for me.
0: Yeah. No, that was cool. And and good persistent danger. Like sometimes we roll our eyes at invented deadly danger, but this this was established from the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, they're in the upper part of a of a gas giant. When you fall, the pressure crushes you, so you know like what the stakes are. I like yeah. that. That
1: was neat. Oh, and man. uh yeah, I don't have a whole lot more. I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one. It was a decent one. It had, it it had fi- problems it was,
0: but character wise yeah. I liked it.
1: Yeah. So no, nice step up. Good work, Enterprise. I'm going to give you this one. Yeah, you get your first gold star.
0: No, the first gold star was for Dear Doctor, but uh, Sleeping Dogs. No, gets no, like for a the
1: for these two episodes. Okay,
0: like a silver star.
1: Yeah. You get uh, a silver surfer. Yes. Uh, anything else? Uh, I'll give you my quote. Have you a quote? I found one eventually. What do you got? Uh, this is just the end of the episode. Ho, oh, she's pissed off. A compartment just collapsed. Deck 3, Green Sector. This whole damn ship's coming apart. How many torpedoes do we have left? Six. Load two more.
0: It won't be enough.
1: Load the weapons. We already
0: tried, it didn't work. Ensign. She's right. We'll never reach a safe altitude climbing a few hundred meters at a time. The longer we stand around arguing, the more ground we lose.
1: Fire them all. What if we detonated all the torpedoes at once? We may gain enough altitude. I doubt we'd make it in one piece. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to take the chance. We'll detonate at 800 meters. I was thinking more like 500. Look, I didn't come all this way to get crushed in the atmosphere of some anonymous gas giant. All
0: right. Yeah, it's nice seeing her not just be the scared one. Mm-hmm. To actually be able to have some other emotions. That's, that's, that's good. Uh, what'd you have for an alternate title?
1: Broken Bow. Wow. Whichever
0: one the other one wasn't. Yeah. Oh, the um, a, a, a listener actually wrote in and told us how to pronounce uh, that, that title.
1: Oh, nice. And,
0: uh, uh, it is pronounced the way it is spelled. Good. So, my alternate title. Glad uh, we got that actually, cleared up. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all sorted now. Uh, my alternate title. Actually, this title is kind of perfect, which is the thing I almost never say about Star Trek titles. They should have left the Klingons alone. Sleeping Dogs, let them lie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's if, if I were to title this one and actually not try to be funny about it and just give it a, a kind of a, a clever, real title. meaningful title, Sleeping Dogs actually works really well. Uh-huh. Leave them alone. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's all for this time. Yeah. Um, next time we will have a guest and we will... Watching more Enterprise, and some of that is good, and some of it is not so good. Hopefully,
1: they will be better episodes. They will be yeah, good episodes. Hopefully,
0: again. we're on an upward trend here, but I bet we're not.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, our email address, as ever, Posted Hummocker at Gmail. Website is Uh At the top of the page, glued to the top, is how to buy t shirts. You should mm-hmm. do that. Well, you should buy shirts with our logo. Please buy some shirts. We would like it very much if you were to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And that's all for this one. Uh time.
1: yeah. Uh give us a review on iTunes. I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now. Uh whatever. Do that if you want. Yeah. Review us uh the end. Okay. See you, folks.
0: The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. we're we're, we're still just doing this.